still leave a couple. All right, let's go. All right, let's get going. Today's daf is daf Yud Dalit, daf fourteen in Meseches Beya, and we pick up on the bottom of Yud Gimel Amud Beis. We're up to Ketzad Mailel. It is five lines from the bottom of the page at the two dots. All right, we're at the two dots, we're at the colon, five lines from the bottom of the page. Let's get going. Zok de Gemara, Ketzad Mailel, we said in the Brisa on Yud Beis, Amad Beis, that you're allowed to separate the chaff, the outside shell, from the kernels of wheat using your fingers. Ask the Gemara, how? How are you, <coughs> what, what's the process that it is mutter? Abai Mishpeit Rabbi Yisbamar Abai quotes his beloved Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef, to say, Choda, choda, you're allowed to use one finger and squeeze it against one other finger on the same hand, and that's where it's mutter. Rabbi Avi Mishpeit Rabbi Yisbamar Rabbi quotes Rabbi Yosef to say, Choda, atarti, you're allowed to take one and rub it against two fingers, which is a greater separation. You're going to come to greater separation. Um, Rava Amar, Rava says, Kiva de Mishani, once you're using a shinoi, now here's why it's a shinoi. Usually, in order, in order, when people would usually separate the shell from the kernel, they would they would move their hands, both hands, okay, or use two hands and rub it against each other, both put both of them into motion. He says, once you're using one hand, that alone blibes a shinoi, and it's mutter to break it down like that on yamtiv kiva de mishani akulu na. Okay, beautiful. Then the Bryce said, Ketzad, uh, then the Bryce said that one another way to do it is once you break it down, then you're going to let it keep the kernels with the shells. Yeah, and then you f- could blow. You blow. Says, what was the process? Ketzad mifanech. What was the process that's permitted to use to separate the shells from the kernels on Yantif? Of Ada, the son of Ava, quotes Rab to say, yeah, you hold it on your fingers, right? The, the hand's got uh, dip, different parts to it, okay? So you hold it on the, the, there's the central part where we'll call the palm, and then you have the fingers, okay? I don't know why this is... Uh, so he says, as long as you hold it within your fingers, you're good. So Machaloi Marava, they laughed about this in Eretz Yisrael, and they said, Kiva de Mishani, again, once it's a Shinoi, Afilu Bekulu Yoda Nami, you could use your entire hand. You don't have to limit it to your fingers. Again, because you're not, right? You're, you're the, the way that they would usually separate it is rubbing with two hands, and then they would, the way they would separate it is by um, using both hands, putting both hands in motion, Dropping it from one into the other, and then letting the stuff they don't want fall to the sides. He says, once you're using one hand and blowing, that's already a shinoi. You could use your entire hand, no problem. All right. Period. That wraps up that Gemara. Now we're going to enter into a brand new Mishnah. This Mishnah is going to take us to Amud Beis. All right. We're going to have another Mishnah. Uh, uh, actually, a couple more Mishnayas on Amud Beis. But uh, um, what we're going to focus on here, very interestingly, is um, crushing spices. Crushing spices. And I want to share something that 
we may not be aware of. And that's the following. The Torah says that it is permitted to do melacha letzayrich eichel nefesh. Okay? What people don't realize is, and I myself didn't fully grasp this, until you like get into the halacha of, and, and we're going to come, I'll, I'll point it out when we hit this in the Gemara. It's, it doesn't mean that a person should do all their cooking on Yom Tif. It seems a person should not, but I want to I qualify what I'm saying by should not. It doesn't mean you should not cook. What it means is you're not supposed to leave your cooking that could be done before Yom Tif to Yom Tif. Because we don't want to spend Yom Tif in the kitchen either. Right? So it's not a var like, oh, start cooking. Don't, don't prepare anything before Yom Tif. No. We're going to see from this Gemara that whatever can be prepared before Yom Tif should be. It should be. And if it can't, for a number of reasons. Not, it's not going to be, it'll be fresher. Yeah, it'll be fresher. Have a more sudas, kava sudas, whatever. Okay, kabaldik. So cooking on But we don't want people just leaving all their stuff to be done on yomtev, because then we're going to be spending our entire yomtev in the kitchen, right? And that's also not the point. So I'm going to point. I think we'll notice this as we go through the Gemara. But it's something, it's something new. I think it's something new that many of us don't really keep in mind as we approach yomtev. Very often, like okay, it's new. We'll cook that suda then. Eh? It's still kedai. It's fine, and it's it's still kedai to keep in mind. But what can be done before Yom Tif as a way of preparing? So I don't need to. Um, I don't need to be spending uh, all my time in the kitchen. All right, let's get going. Zokt der Mishnah. Beishamiyar Mishamay says Tavlin nidoichin b'moduch shel eitz. You're allowed to crush your spices with a moduch shel eitz. So our school translated as a pestle, yeah, the way that we learned it in yeshiva, is uh, crushed, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. The type of car, a Toyota Land crushed, yeah? You crush it, that's it, yeah, you, 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 you take it and you crush it. Now, Herzegheim, the usual crusher was, the usual crusher was not made out of wood, okay? As we're going to see shortly. It was usually stone. Beishamai says, you're allowed to crush it with a wooden crusher. All right. Vahamelach, but salt is different than spices, as Gemara is going to show us shortly why. Bipach. Then you shouldn't even crush it with a wooden crusher, a wooden pestle. Rather, you should use pottery, which is a bigger shinok. And um, with an eight sapar. Okay? Meaning, according, uh, when it comes to salt, you need to have a much, uh, the, the shinoi has to be more prominent. Okay? It has to, the, the shinoi has to be more noticeable. Okay? So either you're going to use pottery or you're going to mix it with a, uh, with a wooden spoon. All right, and that's what's going to break it up. Basil and Basil says no. Tavlin idaychen kedarkan, spices, 
you could crush in the usual way on Yom Tif. Beishamai says it needed a shino. He needed to be done out of wood. Says Beisol, no. Spices don't need wood. You could do whatever you want. The maduch shel even, you use stone. The hamelach and salt, the maduch shel eitz, which is a smaller shinoi. So now listen, Herzachan, that's what we're walking away from the mission like this. Beishamai Beisol agrees salt is different than the rest of the spices. And what's permitted to be done. However, what is the machlekes? So when it comes to regular spices, Beishamai says regular spices needs a small shinoi, Salt needs a big shinoi. Basilol says regular spices don't need a shinoi at all, <clears throat> and small needs a li- and salt needs a little shinoi. Okay, that's the Gemara. Says the Gemara, that's the mission. Says the Gemara like this. One second. Everybody agrees that salt you got to do a shinoi with it. My timer. What's the difference that salt is different than the rest of the spices? Listen to this. Every dish needs salt. Not every dish needs garlic powder. And therefore, why don't you have your salt prepared before Yamtif? It's a taina. It's a taina. And so why are we using a shinoi? To remind the person this is not a yumtif activity. Yeah, you need salt. Yeah, you need sarikal nafesh. Yeah, blah, blah. but do it before yumtif. And if you're gonna wait till yumtif, do it as you know. Very interesting idea, right? The Khadamar, the other one says, call a timer. He says, No, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Other spices, they they lose their potency. They lose their flavor once they're crushed. So it makes sense to wait to crush it. So therefore, it needs less of a shinoi. It needs less, right? Salt doesn't lose its potency. And therefore, again, what's the excuse that you didn't take care of this before Yomtev? If you wait until Yomtev, you're going to have to use an even bigger shinoi. Okay? My benayu, what's enough to be between these reasons? Yeah. If he knows he 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 made his menu. Yeah, you set your menu before Yamtif. So you set your menu. What are you having? What are you having on your menu? You're having um, chicken soup. Alright. So most people put salt in their chicken soup. Alright. Um, is there any reason why you would eat garlic powder? I would think not. Yeah, maybe I'm sure some people put garlic powder in chicken soup, but I don't think that's expected to put uh, garlic powder in the chicken soup, right? But if you have a dish prepared that requires garlic powder, so then according to the svara, that um, uh, that you know, we should have said to take care of it before yamtiv. So, um, so the svara of not every dish needs garlic powder, for example, doesn't apply because it was on your menu. So it doesn't make a difference if I have a dish. You knew you needed garlic powder, you're going to have to use a bigger shinoi. But according to the svara, which says that by other spices, they lose their potency, you have a very good excuse why you didn't crush it before Yom Tif. Right? Why'd you wait? Uh, you knew what you were making. I know. 
but the garlic is, ain't going to be as strong. So that's why I waited. There's no time on me, and therefore I shouldn't need to use a larger sheet. Inami, another nafkamin is going to be the marika. Marika is a spice called saffron that's similar, um, that's similar, to, uh, that's similar to salt. Okay? When you crush spices on Yom Tif, you're allowed to do everything in the usual way, including salt. Says Gemara, one second. <laughs> we just said in our Mishnah, right? What do we say in our Mishnah? Beis Shammai says spices need a Shinoi and salt needs a bigger Shinoi. Beis Hillel says spices don't need a Shinoi and Melach needs a little Shinoi. Everybody agrees Melach needs a Shinoi. Basil says regular spices don't. Fine. But if Yudah Meshmul says, Kol Nidaychen, anything, including salt, doesn't need a Shinoi. That ain't following Beishamai or Basil. Answer the Gemara, Hu Damar Ki Atano, the Tegelon, the Rai Samar of Meir, Lai Nechlu Beishamai Zil, Nidaychen, Shani Daychen, Gedarka, Beishamai Basil, don't argue about spices that uh, that are done kedarkan that are done in the usual way that it's allowed to do it. You don't need a change. Umalach imam, including salt. Whoa! Now listen closely. Hold on to your pants over here. Yeah, hold on to your to your seatbelts. You know they're arguing. They're not arguing about uh, crushing salt with the spices. They're talking about. When you have salt alone. That salt must be crushed in an extreme shinoi. Let's see whether it comes to roast when it comes to roasting, but not about cooking. Meaning, if you're only doing a little bit, okay, you only need a, a little bit, that's when we could be makal over here. Basil says, No, you can crush your salt uh, across the board. You can crush it with anything. That's really what it means. means with anything. It's not true. Basil says you still need a shinui on your salt. You can't use stone, right? The Gemara says you're allowed to do it whether you're whether you need the salt for a cooking uh, dish, for a cooking type of salting, or a roasting uh, or a, a roasting type of thing. Okay. Bottom line is Shmuel can squeeze himself into Basil's opinion. Hence, he's not blown out of the water. When you crush up your salt, always make sure to use a little bit of a bigger shinoi. Okay? Meaning, turn it on the side, the daich, and do your crushing. So, says the Gemara, Rav Acha Bardala said to his son, even more than using a different kli to do the crushing with, do the process as well with, uh, with the Shinoi. Do it on the side. Rav Sheshesh HaMakal Bukhna, Rav Sheshesh heard the sound of crushing. Amari said, I love Migavei de Besoy, who ain't coming from my house. People in my family would never do, uh, would never, uh, do their crushing like that. Now Rashi says, the crushing that was being done is with a stone. So he says, in my house, we, don't do, we only do it with a Shinoi. I says, Gemara Vadoma Atzli Atzli. Maybe the shinoi was, maybe that you were using a stone, but it was on the side. So the, even, though, even, if the, um, even if the crushing vessel that we're using is the normal one, the process is, is, uh, is uh, a shinoi right, uh, in and of itself. 
So how did Rav Sheshus know it wasn't coming from his house, the, the sound of the stone crushing? Maybe it was coming from his house, but they were just doing it with a shini on the side. So he said, you can tell by the sound. When you do it straight up, so the sound is solid. The sound is clear. When it's on the side, maybe uh, there was uh, crushing spices. Also, he was able to tell the difference between salt and spices. Okay? He was able to tell the afkmina between the sounds of when they are crushed. All right, Gavald. Okay, listen to this. Says the Gemara, you're not allowed to make tisni. Now, tisni, um, Rashi says, is taking kernels and breaking them up into, um, I forget how many pieces Rashi says, echad la'arba. Each kernel has to be broken up into at least four parts. It's a, it's a more extreme form of crush. Okay? More pieces that you're ending up with. So you're not allowed to make this <coughs> uh, tisni food. All right? The way I picture it is, you know, nowadays they sell these uh, corn nuts. Right? It's like without bringing it, you take a corn nut and they... they however they bake them so you, you take it, it it's hard, you break it no, not, not corn, but then with wheat you take this kernel that people would eat the, the, the dish is to eat a broken kernel Okay, that was the dish, tisni um, so you're not allowed to make it and you're not allowed to use a crusher on yomtiv one second first tell me you can't make tisni Anytime you can't use a crusher, one second, it's a contradiction. You know why? Because if you can only not make tisni, what does that imply? You can crush things that don't need to be made into such small pieces. But then why are you telling me you can't use a crusher at all? It seems I only can't crush tisni. What's the reason why we can't crush tisni? Because, because we don't uh, crush in the usual way. I have Lema in Kaishu bin Machtashas. Why don't you just say that? You're not allowed to crush with a crusher. Okay? And if I say you can't crush with a crusher, guess what? Nobody's eating Tisni. Because Tisni, again, is only, it's broken up into more parts than usual, and it can only be done with a crusher. Says the Gemara, no, Itani in Kaishu Machtashas. If we would have said that statement of in Kaishu Machtashas, how many I would have thought to say? We're dealing with a big, uh, cr- yeah, a big crusher. But a smaller one, I would say, uh, is okay. You know why? Rashi says because that itself would be a shinoi. Usually they use the big ones to crush the weak kernels. If you use a smaller one, that alane, that itself, is going to be considered a shinoi. And I would think that it's, uh, that it's allowed. Therefore, the Brizer says you're not allowed to make tisni and you're not allowed to crush, okay? Which lets us know that it's that it's um, uh, it's even you even can't make tisni when you crush it with a small crusher. I've uh, Tanya, but we learned to the Brizer in kaiyish machtash gedayla avo kaiyish machtash gana. We learned that you taka could. They say, oh, the whole chiddush here is to tell me why do I got to mention um, why do I got to mention tisni? To say, oh, I would have thought to say, if I would have said you can't use a crusher, I would think you can't use 
a big crusher, but a small crusher you could. Kamash Malan, you can't. Says you want one second. But there's a price that says you could. Amar Abayabai says, Kitanya nami masnisa machtashas giddai latanya. No, you're misunderstanding. Yeah. We, uh, the the brisa which says you're not allowed to use a crusher is taka only with a a uh, big crusher. Now, ready for this? Tisni. No matter what, you're not allowed to make other less extreme forms of crushing. If you do use a small crusher, is mutter. So like this, here's what we're coming out with uh, until this, uh, you know, uh, until the, the end of this um, Amr. And that is the, uh, a, a big time crusher. A big time crusher doesn't mean you, it means standard. Okay? You can't use that on uh, Tisney food. I don't know a better word for it, right? These very, these broken up uh, wheat kernels. And you can't use it even when it's less broken. However, a small one, you're allowed to use as a crusher for other foods, but you can't use it on tisni because by definition, tisni needs to be crushed a lot. So it doesn't, I use the small one. Okay, but you knew when you use the small one. Ultimately, you're going to have to do the job of a big one. Okay? All right. We now turn to Amud Beis. Rav Amar. Rubber gives a different shot, and Rubber says, like Kasha, there's no uh, contradiction. Again, what was the contradiction? What was the stira? Uh, about whether it's usher to use a big crusher and a small crusher, or is it only usher to use a big one and not a small one? Halan v'halahu. Yeah, the is going to be between us here in Babel and in Eretz Yisro. Okay. In Eretz Yisro, um, uh, Rashi explains there were servants that people had and they needed to be a little extra careful, a little more machmir on what was done because uh, the um, lack of honesty that took place over there and uh, that took place in Eretz Yisrael when they had Avadim. But in Babel, where we weren't in control, there wasn't Kla Yisrael and there wasn't any sort of Abdus, so the Yidim themselves did it. When the Yidim themselves does it, you know what's you know you know it's being done properly, and therefore we al- we did not allow the big one. We allowed the small one. Okay, otherwise we wouldn't have. You have a, a non-Jewish servant come to you, and you're gonna say, uh, "Did he use the small crusher?" And he'll be in trouble. You're gonna say, "No." Uh, he, uh, he'll say, "Yeah, yeah, I used the small one." He taka used the big one, but he's not. You know, but you know, if you're an Eved, you're an Eved. You're gonna you're gonna. Find a way to wiggle out of there. All right. Here we go. Rav Papi, Ikul Be Marshmuel. Rav Papi went up to the house of Marshmuel. I see lay Daisa. They brought him Daisa. Daisa is usually like a rice cereal. Okay. And he did not eat it. Oh, you know what? You know what Daisa is? Farina. Yeah. Farina. That's a, like cream of wheat. Yeah. Like a. A porridge, okay? He didn't eat it because the wheat was broken down, crushed on Yantav. Maybe it was crushed with a small crusher, so it's mutter to eat. He saw that it was done, ooh, give out. It was a good 
it was finely ground. So it needed to be done uh, with a big, heavy one. The Doma Mesmov, do I know they made on Yamtiv? Maybe they made it out of Yamtiv. The Chazid have a call of He saw that it was fresh. Or, um, or you could say, shiny Bebar Shmuel, that Mar Shmuel um, was different. Ika Pirutsa, the Ika Pritsusa da Avde, that um, the, the, I guess they were known to not take halacha so seriously. And therefore, he had to be, uh, he had to be extra careful. Uh, that uh, either way, to be concerned that maybe they used a large crusher, and that's why he didn't eat it. All right, this takes us to our second Mishnah of the day. We're going to have a couple more. A lot of Mishnahs today. Here we go. A buyer kidneyist beyond the person who's buyer kidneyist beans um, on yomtiv. Beishami, our Beishami says buyer oichel oichel. You have to take the oichel, yeah, from the psilas and eat it. Okay. So you don't take away the psilas. You don't take away the stuff you don't want. You take the oichel and eat it right then and there. Now, again, no, not, not again, for the first time. Let's just notice, he doesn't say you're allowed to take out the good. He says you're allowed to take out the good and eat it. So what is he saying? You've got to eat it now. Okay, it's what we call miyad. Do it now. Okay. Bisol says, Barakadarkai. Yeah, no, you could do, uh, you could separate it however you want, basically. Okay, you could even take the psilis. From the oichel, the chekai, the the tamchoi, you could sift it out in your in your chekai in your lap, um, on a the uh, the with a funnel, the tamchoi, or on a tamchoi was a large tray or a plate that they would use to spread things out on. You can't use a object, a clee that is meant for buyer. You could use a clee to make your buyer easier, but a sifter, a sieve, something like that, that's miyuchid for this, is going to be a problem of buyer on yamtiv. The Gumliel Emer, the Gumliel says, af meidiach v'shaylem. He could even be meidiach v'shaylem. Meidiach means to wash something off, v'shaylem, and uh, take the uh, take the whatever separates and and uh, throw it out. I would say this is what I don't know. This is what my wife makes me do when I uh, make the challenge each week. So we usually make a. I shouldn't be saying this publicly. That's uh, We we have gluten free challenge. Yeah. We don't use barley, we use brown rice. Nobody knows the difference, including myself. Mm. So, um, but before we put the beans and the rice in, we give it a, go, a gesunter rinse, right? We've, I found bugs in brown rice, uh, not on rare occasions. So uh, you give it a good rinse, and beans also, yeah, you rinse it off. That, that I learned from my mother. So, um, it's particularly in the brown rice, when you give it a, a good rinse and you 
move it around. You let you wait for the rice to settle a few seconds, and you see a lot of there's still psilus that comes to the top. Okay, this process is what Rebbe Gamliel allows this, which is a this is a we'll call it a big time bird. Okay, your mom is you're agitating something for the whole purpose of separating something that's with you know something that's in there so the water has it float to the top and then you could remove that which is in there so again you have you have um yomtif bayer beishamai says you could take the eichel as long as you eat it right away beishilal says you could take the psilas and you're allowed to do bayer but don't use a specialized clean okay and Rebbe Gamliel says, Af He says you could even do a full fledged, um, a full fledged bear. Okay, Zok to Gemara. Time to learn Gamliel says, When do I say my halacha? When the eichel is more than the psilas, you have a little bit of psilas, uh, and uh, you, you got you got a lot of brown rice there. Okay, but let's say. You have a lot of psilas and a little bit of eichel. Everybody agrees that you are um, that you take the eichel and you leave the psilas behind. Says the Gemara, psilas One second, when you have more psilas than eichel, more stuff you don't want than the stuff that you do want. You're not. You know what the question over here is. The question over here is, this is probably a muktza issue. Because you have a, a bunch of shells. And inside those few shells, you, the, the, you know there's some Cheerios. So you're allowed to start uh, poking out those Cheerios. I mean, it's, 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 it looks like a muktza pile. Okay? So the Gemara says, no. Laitricha de nafish bitircha. The case is where um, there's, there, it's not like you have so many, you have so much psilus, but it's just a lot of effort. Vizutur bishiura. So you have psilus, yeah. There's less psilus than eichel, okay, so it's not, so it's fine. You could move everything, touch it, whatever. And the problem over here is strictly a fire case. And what we're saying here is that you need to take out the, the eichel from the psilus. All right. Gamil says you could even give it a wash and take whatever floats to the top off. Tali lived in a brisa Amar of Alazar, the Rabbi Tzadok, Rabbi Alazar, the son of Rabbi Tzadok, says. They would bring a pail that's full of adashim, full of lentils. And they would pour water on it. Yeah? And what would happen? The part of the lentils that they wanted to eat stayed down, and the chaff, and the outer shells, would float to the top. It says the Gemara, not a question on this halacha about whether you're allowed to do that, but the Gemara is asking a question on Metzias. And that is, if you wash the lentils with the shells, we said the lentils uh, sink to the bottom and the, the shells, the chaff, float to the top. We learned the opposite happens, where the psilus went to the bottom and the eichel came up, like kasha. 
ha-be'afra, ha-be'gile. It depends what's mixed in with it, okay? Uh, when it's, uh, when you have dirt that's mixed in, so think about it. If you have dirt inside of water, you agitate the water, the dirt moves around, but then where does it go? Back down, okay? That's what dirt does. But when it comes to other things, for example, straw, that float, when you agitate it, it'll separate, and instead of sinking, it comes to the top. Okay, period, end of that Mishnah and Gemara. Next Mishnah. Bishami Yomrim, Bishami says, Ein Mishalch miyomtif, Elo monois. You're only allowed to send monois. Monois is ready to eat food. Okay, if you want to send food to somebody in Yomtif, you're allowed to send monies. Um, Bissel says, You could even send a live animal. Okay? You could send wine, oil, flour, beans, but you're not allowed to use grain. Rabbi Shimon says that you could use grain. It's a very interesting Gemara. Let's, let's give an introduction to this. It's a short Gemara, but let's just get this is a very interesting um, discussion. Okay? What makes something not Muktzah on Yom Tov? Yom Tov. So if I want to send a present to somebody on Yom Tov, it has to have a Tzarech for Yom Tov. Okay? Bishamai says, listen, you want to send somebody food for Yomtiv? On Yomtiv? Make sure it's a candy tray. It's got to be ready to eat. Okay? It's got to be ready. You know why? Because if it's not ready to eat, you're not even putting the recipient into position to make it easy for them to use it on Yomtiv. You have a big chance. That whatever you're sending is gonna be is not gonna be used today because it takes effort to ready it, to prepare it, and therefore you're sending something that's that's muktzah, not a, it's not a yomtiv thing. That's Beisham. Beisilo says, nah, you don't need to go so far. Says Beisilo, listen, as long as it's mutter to eat on yomtiv, you could send it. Not muktzah. You can send a live cow. Okay? Whatever it is, it could be dead, it could be alive. As long as the guy's able to use it on Yom Tiv, it's fine. Rav Shimon says, he's the more, most makel, and he says that even grain in the stalks, something that seems to be so far away from the table, is also mutter to eat on Yom Tiv. It's mutter to send, it's mutter to have. Why? Because since technically, what does a person, what could a person do? He can make wheat, he can make wheat kernel nuts. Yeah, give it a little roast, give it a little crunch, and uh, nash on it. Technically, he could do that. As long as technically a person has the ability to use it on Yom Tif, I sent it to you, and you could choose to use it, um, you know, whether you want to or not. Yeah, you want to bring it into modern day uh, Shilas. Yeah, sometimes people send food. Uh, as presents to other people that the recipient wouldn't dream of eating in a million years. You know what I mean? So is, is that a problem? 
not according to the mission, it's ready. Lamaisa, it's ready to eat. Yeah, it doesn't say it needs to be the person's fav- uh, favorite flavor uh, almonds. You know, all right, or wine. Tani Rebbechiel, taught us You're allowed to send these things as long as it's clear that it is a personal gift. La means you don't make a whole production out of it. This is not a whole row, it's a whole lineup. And people are going to be like, whoa, what's going on? Tana, we learned in a brisa. A shura, a line of people. When's it called? When you say, it's a good zach. I'm second in line. You could say you're second in line as long as the line has at least three people. If there's no three people there, there's no line. You have somebody who's being helped and next. Right? There's no such thing as a line. A line is when you have three people. Boy, Ravashi. Ravashi has to shilo searching for information. Plosa garbi, plosa mine mai. What happens if you have three people, but each one is bringing a different present? So is the problem having three people, you know, crowding around one thing? Or if each one's got their own present, it's going to be okay. Mai, what's the aloha? Take We're unsure. Yeah, we have to wait for Liuli uh, Anovi. Rav Mati The mission says that Rav allowed um, even raw wheat kernels to be sent. Tani went to the Mati Betzua. Ludia. He said, I'll tell you why. Because you could take your wheat kernels and stalks and, and make Ludia. And barley also. You could be put in front of an animal. Adoshim Lashem Resisin. Um... Uh, all these, there's various things that you could do to, to, to make it that the raw wheat, the raw barley, the raw lentils are merely one step away from lamaisa being edible. So even if most people ultimately are going to take the wheat to grind it down to flour and it's, you've got eight steps to go, lamaisa, just you can roast your wheat kernel and chew on it. <clears throat> Since you could do that, that's from Shimon Svara that you're allowed to send. Uh, your lettuce and tua on Yomtev. Okay. Here we go. Fourth and final Mishnah for today. Mishalchen Kalim. You're allowed to send vessels on Yomtev. So, um, which Kalim? So, the, a, a Kalim is a vessel. Um, uh, a. Uh, Clothing garments are considered kalim, okay, over here, and that's the, the case that we're dealing with over here. And we're saying, whether they are tougher, whether they're ready to go, they're, they're fully sewn or not. And even if they have shotness inside of it, and you need it, okay, now. I don't know how you're going to use the shotness to cover Yomtev. So hold on. You're not allowed to send a sandal that is misumr. That is, yeah, that is misumr. Um, this is not uh, as far as sending a present. This is because a sandal that's misumr is a very dangerous type of sandal. Gemara elsewhere discusses where there was a stampede once and people had these sandals and ended up killing.
killing each other now and they're killing other yidin, so they made xerah that people shouldn't be wearing these shoes. Okay? So a person is not allowed to send these shoes on, on uh, Yom Tiv. Um, or you're also not allowed to send a shoe that's not, that's in the tougher. It's not sewn up, meaning it's, it's, uh, doesn't have a status of a shoe yet. Rebuta says, You also can't send white. Okay? Why? Because that's not ready and you need an expert to polish it. Here's the rule that we're finding in our Mishnah. Whatever is ready to be used on Yom Tif, you're allowed to send it on Yom Tif. Says the Gemara, oh, It makes sense why you're allowed to send ready-to-go clothing. Are you ready to wear it? No. So it's Gavaldik. Um, however, When it's not sewn as well, Granted, you ain't going to be able to slip your arm into it. But guess what? You can wear it as a poncho. What is it fit for? Shatness. Who in the world, who in their mind is going to wear shatness on Yom Tif? I'm never going to say that uh, you could put it underneath yourself and kind of use it for sitting. Really, you write me the right, so you can put shatness underneath you. Because even if you're going to sit on it, what happens if a strand of the shotness pops out, which is not uncommon, and now it moves its way up and gives you a little bit of warmth. So the Gemara says, on the Mishnah, to be allowed to send a garment of shotness. Show me a case where that you could call this a Tzarech Yomtev. What could he use it for? The Chitim, if you're going to say, where oh, I'll tell you what he's going to do. Let him take the shotness garment, Put it underneath himself. Yeah, put it on top of his chair. And on top of the garment, you'll lay out some leather hides, for example. And that'll make sure that the shotness doesn't touch you, but you're still getting a use out of it. So maybe it's a tzarech yamtiv. No, you can't say that either. Amr of Shimon Pazi, Amr of Yishuv ben Levi, Amr of Yaisi, Ben Shol, Amr Rebbe, Mishum Kohol Kadisha, the Yerushalayim. Rav Shimon Pazi says in the name of Rabbi Yishuv ben Levi that Rabbi Yaisi ben Shol taught from Rebbe, who was quoting the Kehal Kadisha of Yerishulayim, you have ten garments, one on top of another, and they're shatness all the way down on bottom, you're not allowed to sleep on it, you're still getting some sort of benefit, some sort of warmth from the shatness, and therefore we're back to square one. Why does the Mishnah say, that you're allowed to send a garment of shatness on Yom Tif. What in the world is the recipient going to be doing with the garment? Says the Gemara, you know what? Hello, bevilon. <laughs> All right. Says the Gemara, you know what he could do? Use it as a, uh, a room divider. Yeah, you think they have fancy doors and walls like we have with two-bedroom homes? Yeah. Uh, a kitchen and a, and a bathroom? Nah, they, they hung things up to separate. So shatnes, no, something is shatnes, you're allowed to hang it up. Says the Gemara of Amar Ula, Ba'ula says, 
Why is a vilon? Why is this? Um, uh, why is this uh, divider? This curtain? Uh, why is it capable of becoming tamei? But meisha shamish v'schamim kenegdai? Because people ultimately at times do wrap themselves in it, and therefore it has a a uh, status of clothing. So why aren't we concerned about making the vilon out of shatnis? And for the Gemara, last step for today. Ella be do a couple more a couple lines. Ella be So we're dealing with kashin. Your vilon is is a very tough and hard, and nobody's ever going to warm themselves in it. The chiyad amar of Ravuna berei the Rav Yeshua high namta they a very strong namta is a strong fabric, a strong material. Gamda the nirash from a place called nirash sharia. It's permitted to have shotness because nobody's warming themselves up on it. Amar Papa Taka, this is the halacha. Ardolian ein vehem yishum klayim. Ardolian, which is the bottom, the soles of shoes that are, you know, that um, are only there so that people don't step on nails or face, whatever it is. So th- those types of things, you don't need to check whether there's any sort of shotness in it because it, it's not considered like it's, it's too stiff. It's firm. It ain't bending around. It's not going to cause any issue of warmth to the body. And, and Mamela, this is what we're talking about when we say you're allowed to send shot to somebody on A very stiff, curtain-like material that nobody could ever use for warmth. We'll hold it here for this evening. Bez Hashem, tomorrow morning on Erev Yom Kippur, we will learn daf at 9 a.m. All right, we'll do daf on Nana Zeger in the morning.